cannabis business plans. I get so many emails. I get so many calls. So many people want to know, I just need a cannabis business plan. People are asking the internet cannabis business plans so many times. And, and I've read a lot of them and I've spent money on them. And I did get a perfect on our cannabis business plan for the dispensary application. Fingers crossed on the um, other applications that Illinois will be releasing. Now, um, that, that brings up today's beautiful episode of... Hello, my name's Tom. I'm a cannabis lawyer at the Collateral Base. And if you need anything, you can email me right there, Tom at Collateral Base. And today we have a very special episode. We are going to be diving in and taking a long time to explain cannabis business plans. I have slides and everything. So uh, enjoy this webinar and then go to cannabisindustrylawyer.com backslash cannabis business plans, which of course is a link in the description section. Uh, this video will be housed there, and that's also where you can find out uh, how to take the course, because we're going to create an entire cannabis business plan with a pro forma, and then we will be able to sell it, because that evidently is the search intent. And then if you're not familiar with me, um, well, you will be, but I do a lot of SEO uh, for my business. That's that's how I market, because when somebody asks Google something, I like to be able to answer it. And so cannabis business plan is searched uh, 390 times a month and the first few things on it are, you know, advertisement, 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 three ads. And then there's me. Uh, I'm actually on page five right now. And then there's cannabis business plans that sell, and it's in the top level domain. And so this is where you can buy all these templates. Uh, up to $300 for a cannabis cultivation business plan template. Up to $300 for a cannabis dispensary business plan template. Uh, I've already bought some of these and I've reviewed them. They're fine for $300. I've seen worse cannabis business plans, templates, uh, you know, were customized for thousands of dollars. Uh, that's how expensive this industry is. Now, you might want a chintz, and so you'll go to Fiverr, and this guy will write a cannabis or marijuana business plan for you. Uh, for, it'll be eight pages and $150. Do not use this for going into your cannabis application. Please do not do that. So uh, what am I going to do? I'm going to help you with this and you can find uh, the business plan that we're going to be making. Uh, and there's going to be a whole course. You can audit the course for free at uh, cannabisindustrylawyer.com. However, if you wanted to buy the business plan, then you would be able to buy it for about 300 bucks per vertical. We're going to be starting with cultivation because you know what, man, I got to put together a fund. Uh, not only that, I'm going to help you guys figure out how you can fund uh, your cannabis uh, businesses and also that you can get your community involved. I'm working with some really exciting lawyers up in the Chicagoland area to put that together for you. But today we're going to be going over what a cannabis business plan is, what it isn't, and, and how are we going to be making our cannabis business plan in this whole course that you can see. Uh, well, I've bought one of these slide salad uh, pitch deck type things. There's, there's all sorts of vectors in it, so you don't have to buy it. And I got the particular license, so it allows me to create something from it and resell it. Uh, and then I'm also going to be using the Marijuana Business Factbook, which, of course, is $400. So you don't need to buy that. Uh, I already have. And I'm going to be using a lot of the data from that to be able to put into the cannabis business plan. But what areas of the cannabis business plan? That's a great question. So let's go ahead and dive into it. So uh, now we're going to be doing our, our uh, webinar on cannabis business plans. Okay, here are the key points that we're going to be covering. Maybe I should make myself a little bit smaller so that you guys can see all this cannabis business plan goodness. And so I will uh, try to zoom myself out a little bit. And there you go. So there are three types of cannabis business plans. 
There's the plans for you, for your investors, and for your application for your license. Now, most business plans are garbage because people fail to understand their audience. Now, and then of course, another key point will be social equity's role in your cannabis business plan. Depending on what jurisdiction you're in, uh, it, it may not come up, but it might be something in the future that you're going, your cannabis company is going to need to um, tackle head on and address because, again, uh, what we always say here at Cannabis Legalization News, and don't forget to give us those likes and subscribes, by the way. Uh, we always say that, you know, this is a cultural thing, and uh, that's why we have the activism hour on Sunday. Uh, and it's not fair that people are becoming rich while about 40,000 people are still sitting in prison for cannabis. And we, we need all those cannabis prisoners to be released. So uh, those are, and then how to get more information on your vertical is this the other point that we'll be covering. So let's move on to the next slide. Uh, let's move on to the previous slide. Why do you need a cannabis business plan? Now, you need a cannabis business plan if you're going to try to raise capital. Uh, you also need a cannabis business plan if you're going to get a license. Uh, the Illinois dispensary business plan was up to 30 pages. Now, uh, are, or why are you having a cannabis business plan? That might also be that you're trying to get clarity as to your vision for your cannabis business. Uh, now, that's important. Who is your audience? Is your audience regulators? Is your audience investors? your audience, you and your team, so that you understand uh, what your USP will be. And USP, of course, is unique selling uh, proposition, I believe. And so uh, remember that there's a lot of jargon in business sometimes. There's a lot of jargon in laws, a lot of jargon in most things. So uh, now what don't you need? You do not need to spend thousands of dollars on a cannabis business plan by somebody who swears that they write cannabis business plans all the time and that you can use it for their uh, for your application. Um, trust me, because you're going to get a steaming pile of garbage back from somebody who is going to expect $6,000. And then you're going to look at it and go like, oh, geez, no, no. So so don't do that. And not, not only that, you know what else you don't need? You don't need to get sued. You don't need to go raise uh, some money uh, and find out that you did it wrong and then ha get sued for rescission and be personally liable for all of the uh, millions of dollars you raised. And then also uh, you did not, you don't need to not get all the points. So if your cannabis business plan is in your uh, dispensary application or if it's in your grow application, there are specific things that the regulators are looking at. Now, and again, there's something that I put down there. Um, and this, this is true. Uh, it is. And so um, it, it is that uh, money attracts lawsuits like shit attracts flies. That is in no uncertain terms accurate. The more money you get, the more times you will be sued. Uh, that is some people's business strategy. I'll just sue the guy. Okay. So a good business plan prevents lawsuits. And you see in there, it's got this uh, PPM thing. What is a PPM? That's a private placement memorandum. Uh, that is something that we'll be going over in future lessons and episodes. Uh, and a good business plan does what it needs to do. It defines your USP. Why are you you? Uh, like Sparky Rose said it on his show, what is your one thing that you're going to be doing exceptionally well? This, this industry is too big. So if you're going to try to tackle it all, there are reasons why you will fail. Uh, I'm not sure if you've noticed, but it's not like Cresco or GTI or any of the publicly traded cannabis companies are printing money. I mean, they are, but they're also all losing money, except for maybe Trulief. I would have to look at that, but they have a monopoly. So that's not really fair. All right. So uh, we're trying to make sure that you raise money safely. And then we're trying to make sure that you get your points racked up. 
then you're also mindful of IRC 280E with business orgs and operations. All of those you should make sure to be very, very careful in addressing in the particular type of cannabis business plan that you are using. Now, how do you write it? First, you have to know your audience. What type of cannabis business plan are you making? You know, if it's for your investors, show them the money. Where is the pro forma? Why are those numbers correct? Did you use the marijuana fact book to in, in uh, contemplating and creating your numbers? I hope you did. Uh, now, and then again, one of these points right here. And if you want these slides, I'm going to inlay these slides uh, on our uh, Cannabis Industry Lawyer Business Plan uh, web page, which is, of course is linked in the description. And you can go through them uh, at your leisure. Now, uh, one of the points on here is be Jake from State Farm uh, because they are good neighbors and cannabis is all about the community. That's one of the reasons why cannabis can't scale very well is because of the community and how uh, local cannabis really is. And you know what? Uh, one of the things that I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be using all my, my knowledge and my contacts to put together a team to, to try to get ourselves a craft out, a grower uh, license in Illinois in the second round. And I'm probably going to be calling the company uh, the local cannabis company simply because of that uh, and, and how uh, the locality, especially in Michigan's or in California, but it doesn't matter uh, because any municipality is going to have to approve of that cannabis store opening in their jurisdiction. It's It really does. And so I can't stress that enough. But uh, now then there's the USP. Uh, so your, your cannabis business plan, especially if it is for investors or for your team, talk about your competitive advantage, your unique selling proposition, your secret sauce, why you answer that question. Now that's going to be in something that is because we haven't gotten into the, the details yet of what specifically goes into a cannabis business plan. Uh, it, it depends to be honest on like what type of cannabis business plan that you are drafting. Are you drafting a cannabis business plan that's supposed to look nice that you might give to prospective investors? Are you actually drafting the PPM, uh, which you're going to be able to use to actually raise money? Uh, that is going to look fairly boring, to be honest. It's going to look like a stack of legal documents because it's a stack of legal documents. Uh, and then also your cannabis business plan for the regulators that are going to be scoring your application will look pretty boring too, because you have page limits and you're trying to check all the boxes to get all the points and to be able to um, uh, also comply with the page limits that you have. So the next slide is... There you go. We're going to go over this again. And we talk about it already. We're going to talk about it more. Your cannabis business plan needs to know its audience. For example, these are the regulators for the IDPFR. This is the cannabis business plan that was in the dispensary uh, application. Provide a plan that describes at minimum how the dispensing organization will be managed on a long-term basis. This shall include, and then there is a list, and every single element of this must be in your cannabis business plan for application purposes. And you see it, one, two, three, four, five, six. And then not only that, there's the seventh requirement right there. The plan must also include an estimated volume of cannabis the proposed dispensing organization plans to store at the facility. Of course, and I have a little disclaimer and a prophylactic at the bottom there. It says roving experts aren't writing business plans will tell you they they will. They did it to me. They'll do it to you. Uh, the cannabis industry is is uh, wild west. 
And so they will tell you and they will want five to ten thousand dollars. They're going to write your cannabis business plan. Warning, this is not a cannabis business plan. This is a cannabis business plan for the purposes of an application. It is. So, uh, you know, you're going to have to ask them like, well, have you ever written a cannabis business plan for uh, a competitive application state? Did you get a perfect score on it? No. All right. Well, do you still want the five to $10,000 to be out of your pocket? Because I wouldn't. Now, if it was going to be a perfect business plan, great. <laughs> okay. That's a wise investment. Anyway, next, let's get to the other audiences. Uh, what about using a cannabis business plan to raise money? Now, are these the $300 to $500 templates that when you Google cannabis business plan, you're going to find? No, they are not. A PPM is how you lawfully raise money for exempt securities. Now, what are exempt securities? You might not know it, but when you raise money for your business, you are actually con you're doing a security offering. Securities under the SEC, well, it's not called the SEC because it's a Securities and Exchange Commission, but uh, Reg D, for example, uh, which helps govern uh, that administrative bodies, you know, thing. Uh, they have very specific requirements for exceptions, safe harbor exceptions for what, uh, how to raise money for exempt securities. And you need to fall under them. And if you don't fall under them and you raise money without legally complying with the law, you could get sued by the rich person whose money you've taken. Don't do that. You know, make sure that you hire a securities lawyer to draft your PPM, especially if you're going to be raising millions of dollars. And that's going to be one of the courses, how to turn $10,000 into $10 million for your cannabis company. And you're going to be able to find it on CannabisIndustryLawyer.com. Coming for winter 2020, if we make it out of 2020. Now, the vast majority of all those uh, internet ads that you see when you search cannabis business plan, they are not PPMs. You shouldn't be using them to raise money. And, you know, you can use them like uh, cherry on top or sprinkles or jimmies. You know, you can use them for window dressing to look nice. You can use them to, and again, don't go soliciting people that you don't know. You don't do that. That's not how you raise money lawfully, according to uh, the, the securities laws and then the uh, exempt securities exceptions, especially if they're not an accredited investor. And so um, the cavalier attitude that the cannabis industry has, uh, that, that day of reckoning may come for, for your industry, your business or, or somebody's who fails to raise money lawfully. Now, all the, all the big players, they're totally doing it lawfully. They have scores of lawyers in-house, out-of-house counsel, tons of them. Their PPMs are pages long, dozens. And they'll have everything that you need, you know, your subscription agreement, your investor questionnaire, uh, the terms of the notes, if there are notes, or the investments will be very, very well spelled out. It's, um, they're doing it correctly. And it's not like it's cheap, you know. So let's, uh, let's go ahead and compare two different types of business plans. Here you go. This is a traditional business plan. Um, this is a traditional business plan as when it comes to the stuff that you can buy in those templates and whatnot. Like if you're just doing a business plan for a bakery as opposed for a cannabis company. And, and this is usually the structure that it follows. You know, you have an executive summary. Who is your team? You have a market overview. Uh, I've never seen market overview points anywhere. 
But yet I have seen uh, from my review of the cannabis applications, I did see some people who were wasting space on market overview in the cannabis business plan they submitted to the IDPA, well, the, the state. Why? You know, uh, it didn't make any sense to me, but maybe it's because they didn't know who their audience was and they also didn't understand the point of their business plan. The point of that one was to get points. The point of this one is to provide information that investors would have uh, when considering whether or not to invest in your business. And then, of course, before they invest in your business, you have them sign a stack of contracts this thick. So you're doing it legally. That's how you can use these good looking business plans in compliance with the PPA. Well, with the exemption, uh, the safe harbor exemptions for the security laws. So and then you also have your market overview, a SWOT analysis, which, of course, means strength, weakness, opportunity and threats. That I did throw into mine because, you know, I had a page left. So that's okay. Your sales strategy, your marketing plan, your target, your, your target customers and your sales forecast, that's kind of relevant, right? Because the state of Illinois, they were actually asking for um, how much cannabis do you intend to store at your location? How much product do you think you'll move? Your operating plan. Nah. Operating plan was an entirely different exhibit. So now you see there's blending in here. And, and that blending uh, would <laughs> not help. It, it just wouldn't. You know, there's your uh, cultivation, physical security plan, physical security plan and cultivation plans were their own separate exhibits. You know, package and labeling, that was its own separate exhibit as well. Transportation, that's its own separate license. Uh, your tracking solution, that, that was also another exhibit, you know, for your inventory control plan. Your organizational structure, okay, that might have been built into your business plan. That one's not as bad, but your organizational structure and your organizational papers that you would have uh, for your financial disclosures and whatnot, that was actually one of my longest um, exhibits. Uh, it would it would run into the hundreds of pages because you would have all these contracts. You know, you'd have that operating agreement, multi-member operating agreement that also had like a lot of, um, if this was in a corporate setting, it would be uh, considered shareholder agreements. But, you know, in this cannabis business, that's not the cannabis business plan exhibit. It's in the financial exhibit. That one would have uh, stuff related to your cannabis business plan. For example, if you did have a PPM, uh, it would go in there. And then also you would have not just that, you would have the, uh, the, the conditional promissory notes from your investors uh, in there as well. Your financial plan, that would go in to a certain extent. Uh, and then they have your financial accounting stuff, you know, your funding analysis, your operating expense breakdown, your P&Ls, your cash flow statements. And those are your traditional um, financial accounting statements. And if you don't know your financial accounting statements and you're trying to get into the industry, stop and go learn them. And so, uh, and then again, that's it's your P&Ls, it's your statement of cash flows, it's your balance sheet. Uh, those are the three primary ones that you should uh, focus on especially when you're creating the, uh, the pro forma. And uh, in our course, we are going to go over how to make your pro forma for whatever particular vertical. Uh, and then, of course, at the end of the, the course, I'm really using the word course too much, you can buy yourself uh, one of our pro formas that we've made. And I'm going to be partnering with uh, a CPA that has done a lot uh, and reviewed a lot of these pro formas as well uh, in, in creating it. So tune into that. You know where to go for it. You do. Anyway, let's move on to the next slide. All right. This 
is not what we just saw, this would be the table of contents for a different type of business plan, a private placement memorandum. Now, this cannabis business plan is actually how you would be doing the money raise. So the cannabis business plan that everybody like really thinks of when they think of a business plan, that is, uh, to a large extent, an abstraction. That is just to uh, familiarize your uh, possible investors and to make it look good and also to help your team define and clarify what's going on. Uh, in their in their cannabis company, especially when it comes to their unique selling pro proposition. What one thing do they do? Why them? What their team can really bring to the table? That right there, that is a list of extremely boring, but very similar to a certain extent, uh, aspects that you would put in a private placement memorandum. You see, you would have your summary of the offering. Did you notice that? Did you notice that if you get these cannabis business plan templates, one thing that's not in them is the ask. You know, it's kind of hard to raise money unless you ask for it. And so there they have the use of the proceeds, uh, capitalization table and dilution, because when you raise money, very often uh, the other shareholders are what they call diluted. You know, their, their ownership percentages go down. Uh, risk factors, it's kind of like a SWOT analysis, the company, uh, and that would be uh, a description and the management. Th these are the executive summaries. These are very important. The executive summaries are, um, they tell the story of your team. They tell you, they answer the question, why you, uh, you know, you can brag on yourself a little bit. Dividend policy, description of capital stock, you know, these these usually are not in uh, that. I didn't see that in the last uh, table of contents because it wasn't there. Um, related party transactions, plan of placement, financial statements. Okay, financial statements are in both. That's really important. Who may invest? That's probably uh, something to direct at the accredited investors. Um, and then you get into your exhibits, escrow agreement, company filings with the SEC, merger docs, securities purchase agreement. This is going to be a much drier, uh, no pictures, no infographics document that is going to be used to safely raise capital for your cannabis company. And it's not your traditional cannabis business plan. So uh, there we go. Let's get to our big takeaways. Do you need a business plan for your cannabis license application? Yes. Does it need to be a cannabis business plan in the traditional sense? No. Do you need a business plan for a private placement offering to raise capital? As you can see from the comparison of the two tables of contents, there's a substantial amount of overlap. So in my opinion, you should have both. When you are preparing your cannabis business plan, it is wise to also be preparing your private placement memorandum so that you can give your you know, would-be investors something so they can have it and they can hold it and they can take it home and it looks kind of nice. But then also you are going to have your stack of uh, legalese so that you are protected. It's a way to do things, right? A traditional business plan does not effectively accomplish uh, lawfully raising money for your business. But that's why you tune in to Cannabis Legalization News. You know, you, you get the straight inside dope here. Sorry about using the word dope. All right. Get the license and get the capital. So again, we're going to try to uh, disabuse you of the notion that you can spend five to $10,000 with some 
would-be cannabisbusinessplan.com internet provider, and and that is going to get you all the points. It probably won't. Uh, however, it will get you some form of a cannabis business plan. I also do not want you going to Fiverr and paying 150 bucks for an eight-page cannabis business plan. You know, if you want to go to Marijuana Business Daily and pay $400 for the fact book, do it. There's a lot of good data in there. But that's not a business plan. You have to then read that book, put that in your uh, uh, the areas of your business plan where it is relevant, and say, don't blame me. You know, these are my numbers. These are the industry's numbers. And the same with your pro forma. You know, you don't want to just be making up the numbers. You want to have some real, real world results for those numbers. And that's where a good cannabis CFO, outside CFO, or accountant that has helped other uh, cannabis companies with their books and records could really uh, add some value for your cannabis business plan when it comes to those pro formas. All right. And then uh, let's briefly talk about why would you want like a normal cannabis business plan? You know, it gives prospective investors a taste. It's it's something for them to hold and it looks professional. You know, uh, it makes you feel legitimate. And maybe maybe you got hoodwinked. You know, you might have gotten suckered in. But hopefully your your normal cannabis business plan really defines your team. And it really defines the one thing that you guys are going to do. And that is going in this industry that's going to set you apart so that this industry is hard in the sense that you have to build a brand so that people understand why they're going to buy from you. But not only that, uh, you really can't expand. It becomes really, really difficult to expand because the licensing structure is so localized that um, when you get out of your state and a new state legalizes it, they're looking to profit their communities. Why would they allow you to come in from out of state when they've just now gotten the green rush to their state? That's something that, you know, maybe your business plan can address. How can you be local and still uh, distributed? It's a difficult challenge right there. And then why do you have a lawyer? Uh, mostly you have a lawyer, so you have somebody to blame. Uh, because then you can be like, that's it. This isn't my fault. It's that guy. That's, that's one of the reasons. Yeah, there it is. It's, it's point four right there. Uh, he is the fall guy with the fiduciary duties. Oh, gosh, that is the difference between a lawyer and a consultant. I'm not sure if you know the difference between a lawyer and a consultant. There is a big one. One's a salesman and the other one has fiduciary duties to you. That's right. And so the consultants, they don't really have your best interests at heart because they are not your fiduciary. Uh, and if you read your consulting contracts, and I advise that you do before you pay any of those cannabis consultancy companies tens of thousands of dollars, you'll see that it's an independent contractor relationship. You're actually purchasing uh, IP. So you're getting like a, like a license to use their, their books and information and stuff. And so that is a difference. And I, I need to do a whole video on the difference between cannabis lawyers and cannabis consultants. All right. So uh, be careful. Good luck. And if you guys need anything, if you need any help, I would love to hear your, your questions about your cannabis business plan. If you guys have pitch decks and other things, uh, fine. Send them on over to Tom at collateralbase.com. I'm here to help. It's what I do for a living. And how can you get in touch with me? It's pretty darn easy. You can Google Cannabis Lawyer. You can go to this wonderful um, uh, YouTube channel, Cannabis Legalization News. And I'll be seeing you guys real soon on Wednesdays and on Sundays.
Uh, and of course, our law firm is the collateral base. And then finally, another prophylactic, which is currently being hidden by that, that thing at the bottom. None of this was legal advice. This is just wisdom from seeing the game. And that's another thing. You know, it, it, you cannot have a lawyer relationship unless there is, well, you got to be careful with that. I do not enter into lawyer relationships unless there is a written contract, very often called an engagement agreement, that spells out the terms of the relationship. And then after that, you usually have like a, what they call a termination letter. Uh, lawyers, another one of their good benefits is they uh, cross the T's and dot the lowercase J's. They are there to make sure that you're in compliance and that you're following all these little rules. And maybe you learned that uh, that traditional cannabis business plan, uh, that's not the way to go about raising money. You actually need these PPMs, uh, especially before any money changes hands. Uh, simply because you do not want personal liability for the money that you injected into your cannabis company. If you have any more questions, you know how to see me. And now I'm going to really start diving into it. So you're going to want to go over uh, to the CannabisIndustryLawyer.com website down there and click over to the Cannabis Business Plan page. And from there, you can enroll in the course and you're going to see me build out this cannabis business plan in real time, including a pro forma. It is going to be for a craft grow. Uh, after we get the cultivation vertical out of the way, I will probably do one for the uh, dispensary vertical. And then one day, maybe I too will own a cannabis license just like you will. Until that time, 